As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff, and I'm delighted to be your host tonight as we discuss the the start of a new regime. Regime, I don't have a new era. Michael Beale getting off to a winning start as his tenure as the 18th Rangers manager. Uh, so hopefully a, a fairly more upbeat podcast than what you've heard from us the last couple of months. I'm here to rejoice in the celebrations. <laughs> David Thomas's dog. Um, oh, it's no David T's dog. <laughs> David P's dog. So um, we'll start David P and mute and he'll give me a thumbs up when he's good to go. Um, first of all, David Thomson, how are you? Yeah, obviously a lot better, but uh, I'm afraid last night, as I've explained to you guys, I was absolutely raging. Watched the whole first half. Thought well, this is the same as a bit of the same as uh, what we've always seen. I actually thought it was a wee bit better. It was the, the football was a wee bit better than Geo's. Let's let's face it. But I mean, the the, the defence, two midfielders. I said before the game, two midfielders. It's not going to be good uh, in the defence. And then fifty-seven minutes, sitting watching corner the Rangers, waiting for the corner to happen. Bump, Rangers TV away. Never seen anything again to the 18th minute. So that was me stuck, wondering what was happening, trying to get in touch with everybody, trying to get, get four different computers to try and get Rangers TV back. And it happened at the 80th minute. So that was it. <laughs> ah, well, at least you got a chance to rewatch it back this morning, eh? Uh, once your connection kicked back in. But there you go, folks. That's um, That is the benefit of paying for your... <laughs> Paying for Rangers TV and getting decent internet instead of getting the guy with the dodgy skybox, eh, Davey? No, no, I, no, I've got Rangers TV. <laughs> ah, good man, good man. Uh, also joining us from the Deep South, the Gallant Fuse favourite geezer, Mason Stewart. How you doing? 
Yeah, good. Thanks, Colin. Um, definitely feeling more positive after that second half performance yesterday because I was the same as as David there, not doing my nut at the stream going off, but doing my nut at half time. And I was thinking, oh, here goes another uh, negative podcast that, uh, that that we're going to be, you know, talking about. But but delighted just in the end, we got the three points and, and Rangers are back. Hi, absolutely delighted. And as we were joking off there, we've been a, a shower of jumpy old so-and-sos for the most part, even. Um, I'm, I'm glass half full of the best of times, but it's been a tough old slog, isn't it? Uh, so I'm glad we're talking about a wee bit of positivity and potential change. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but no, I think there's a lot to take for that second half. Last but not least, joining us, um, hopefully... It's um, Cam doing the Doctor Doolittle's house. Davey P, how are you? I'm fine, Colin. <clears throat> yeah, it was good to be back last night. You know, it's, it was bloody freezing right enough, but uh, I was uh, wrapped up against it. But it was the first half, as you said. You know, we had uh, it wasn't quite alarm bells. I wasn't in panic stations at halftime. I thought we uh, there was enough signs in the first half, but certainly the second half much better. You know, it was uh, and, and a lot. I mean, I ended up. When it le- leaving the game with kind of post-match analysis, just among the guys I was with, very positive. It was a, a lot of good football, a lot of good football. You know, we were unlucky a few times, and the possession figures kind of bear that out. It kind of looks like Geo's possession figures only. You know, we were actually in their box rather than you know strolling along the <clears throat> the defence. So no, it was a uh, was good, but well, no doubt we'll get into it. Pick the details yeah. out of it. And just sharing some of the comments on screen now. Um, hello to all the listeners tuning in uh, live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Um, always appreciate you joining us, joining us, but especially tonight on your Friday night. So we'll try and keep this as upbeat as we can and hopefully it's a good start to the weekend. As always, get your questions and your, your insights into the comments um, and we'll chat through them as we go. So David Thomason, let's start from the beginning. It's always a good place to start, I think. Um the lineup, I think there would have been a lot of surprises um, at the lineup, particularly with the centre half situation and no Antonio Cholak. Now, knowing what we now know, that Leon King and Antonio Cholak had a sickness bug and a, an injury, which meant they didn't even make the bench. So, <sighs> I think that was great. I think that would have been obvious when the team was announced because they they weren't on the bench. You knew they would have been in and around the squad at least. So out with those two, was there any surprises at the at the time of seeing a lineup for you? Take yourself off mute. So we've had a dog barking yeah. and <laughs> what a great start when, we've had. When you're, uh, when, when you take it that Cholak wasn't playing and Morelos was the, the sort of a obvious, although I, I probably think that. Morelos would have been in anyway. And I, I, I think Morelos, uh, over the 90 minutes, made pretty, made it pretty sure that it's his shirt uh, because he, well, the first half he didn't really have a, a lot to, to, to give because the, the whole team played bad. You can't blame Morelos, certainly not for the goals. In fact, if you if you take corners, Mor- the, Morelos at the front post heads away more headers than probably anybody else in the team. Uh, so he's, he's really good there. But uh, really, no no surprise at all. I don't think it was, oh, maybe uh, Sakala, Sakala coming in. That was a sort of an open position. Nobody, nobody sort of knew who would go there. Uh, he's played Matondo the first few games, or the first few games, the first game against Leverkusen. 
So that was, that was a sort of a surprise. And I think Sakawa actually stepped up and uh, did a good job as well. So, no, no surprises in the lineup, like, apart from the defence. The defence shocked me, obviously. That was, that was uh, And I think that will shock me even more if it's the same defence next week. Hi. Well, fingers crossed we've got a few more options. Uh, Mason, that's a good point David makes about Bastion Sagala. I thought it was, I put in the group chat yesterday, I thought it would have been Matondo. Um, based on the fact that he started on Saturday and he played fairly well, but I can see, I, I wasn't disappointed when I seen Sakala because I thought he was one of the very few coming on again before the before this uh, break for the World Cup. Yeah, and no, I was surprised to see Sakala, especially with um, Bill saying Saturday that, that you know, Sakala was only ever going to get 30 minutes. So for him to come in and then play, um, what, 60, 70 minutes last night, I was surprised. It kind of tells you what Bill thinks of Matondo, maybe in a, a game where points points are needed, which, you know, obviously coming in last night, we, we couldn't afford to drop any. So uh, maybe tells you there. I, I was excited to, a bit disappointed Trollup was out because I think Bill said he would have gone with both up front. Um, so that would have been good to see Morelos just playing off of, of Cholak and, you know, we know that, that Bill's going to do with Kent as well, you know, not not wingers as such, they're going to be 10. So a lot of people have been calling for Morelos to play there uh, under Gio and, uh, you know, I'm disappointed now. Hopefully Cholak is back, you know, ideally we're getting back for, for Tuesday and uh, we'll see it. But um, I just can't, for me, the, the, the biggest surprise was no Ben Davis. If he's fit enough to make the bench, I can't understand why, you know, he, he wasn't brought into to start because um, that first half, the, the defence was causing all the issue, issues for me. I think, you know, we'll come on to the first half, but that, that was the biggest issue, the, the back the, the back four. David Pollock, just on the lineup, that's um, one of the points that I had as, as well in my head. Ben Davies, and I am very much a layman um, in terms of football management and um, sports recovery. But for a simpleton like me, I totally agree with Mason. If you're fit enough to feature at any point, sure, you're fit enough to feature from the start. If no, a year waste of a space on the bench. Um, I thought, if, I, I thought, I said last week, Davies and Goldson, I thought if one of them are on the bench, or in the squad at least, they're going to be on the starting lineup. Were you surprised that Davies was on the bench? Yeah, very surprised. And, and you know, with the fact that he was. Uh, he put John Lundstrom in there, which was a huge surprise. I was thinking, well, you're right. I mean, if he's not fit, then he, he shouldn't be on the bench. And if he is fit, he should be starting. So I think it was, it was asking a bit. You know, John John Lundstrom may be the greatest on earth, but he certainly wasn't the best defender in, in our defence last night. So it was he was exposed and we uh, conceded a couple of goals. And, you know, they, they were... They looked quite threatening, actually. They didn't have a, an, an awful lot. I think they only had five shots in target the whole game. But they uh, they were they were getting in about as there were there was space at the back. You know, with the the fullbacks now going so high up the pitch, we were almost man for man at the back. You know, when uh, when they were coming forward, it was uh, and they they just seemed to be getting through as uh, too easily. You know, the boy when hit the, the side netting as well. You know, there was the one that uh, off. Morelis tipped over the bar. They were getting chances, which was uh, a concern. But and and at the other end, I think we were just kind of feeling where we into it. But much better in the second half, though. Was but in terms of Sakala, I was surprised Sakala started because. 
but and and he, he did score the goal, you know, which uh, the equaliser in the first half. But to be honest, uh, nothing I saw from Sakala has has made me change my mind about it. Putting casting some doubt over his long term future at Rangers, I just I just don't see it. There's the quality's just not there, which is why we need to go in January. But we'll come on to that. Now, just a wee quick hello to some others joining as the usual suspects. I know there's quite a lot of um, uh, Rangers podcast regulars and I think Club Act 22 has just finished their usual Friday night slot. So, hello. Um, I tell you, there's there's a few suspects. You know who these are, but me and Mason joke all the time that I think there's a podcast in itself just reading out some of the comments you fuckers get away with. Um, but keeping them coming in, there's Mason's big cheeser there. Um, no doubt Curry Muncher will be talking about lighting up Wembley soon enough. But hello to everybody joining. Um, David Thompson, I'm going to come to you. We're going to start chatting through the... Um, through the goals, um, as starting with the, the opener, of course, it's going to be Ryan Porteous. Um, the most disappointing thing about this goal for me was John Lundstrom. I have backed him from the high heavens, and as soon as that goal went in, I said to myself, David T is going to have a field day with me in the pod. Talk me through the first goal. Yeah, well, corner, so it was, yeah, brought in. And not one Rangers player even went for it. They, they were uh, just standing. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I take it they they, they weren't match, mar, uh, marking men. They they were they were taking up a position. And yeah, uh, there's just not one one not one person was near it. And I, I don't know. Gordon Smith was saying that McGregor could have came for it. I don't know if McGregor could have came for it because there was a Hibs player in front of him. And Devine was in front of him. So I don't know if uh, McGregor could have came for it. I would certainly love a goalkeeper that would come for corners because for me, anything in the six-yard box, the keeper should should at least have an attempt at it. Um, but no, I, 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 I don't know what happened. Uh, just, uh, yeah, every, every just sort of stood and nobody, nobody jumped, nobody attacked the ball. Uh, even uh, Tav was, was only about a, a metre away from it. But he uh, just didn't make a move for the ball. He just sort of a student watched. In fact, in the build up to the corner, the shot that caused it. Um, if you watch Tavernier, he runs out to the guy, but he stays about three meters off him. And uh, I, I'm, I'm sitting, and even Gordon Smith was shouting, and I'm sitting shouting, "I'm get nearer him, get nearer him, close him down." And he just stopped, and he put. He went to put his hands behind his back, which I hate, my pet hate, and it just stopped. And the guy gave the guy three yards to hit the ball, and McGregor then made a, a fantastic save, uh, tipped it over the bar for the corner. But it's just as if the, the, the you know the, the film, the world stands still. The, the world's too still for about yeah. To, to the ball entered the net, and then sort of a, everybody sort of a, looked at each other and thought, what happened there? But no, absolutely. Hopefully, but I mean, this is not—it's not just a new thing. It's something that was being brought over from the geo time, and we all thought the the, the coaching staff. I mean, I believe there's a, a a coaching corner expert on on the coaching staff now. Well, I, I hope this is just the, his early days, and he's not had them yet for any any lessons. Because if, if that's end to go, and then God, we're going to be. Woman worried every corner we get. Uh, I don't think um, 
three weeks is enough time to eliminate every issue that we've seen over the last um, six, seven months. Um, but y- you're right. Um, it's it is the basic stuff that um, you'd want to see an immediate improvement on. Um, Mason, I've seen a lot of chat, really split opinion on McGregor's involvement in the goal. Um, I, I know it's within the six-yard box, but I'm kind of inclined to agree with Davy T there about it's probably too busy a box to try and fully commit to it. And we know how shaky McGregor has been. But McGregor, he's, he's never been one for coming far across balls when he was early 20s. He's not got to do it in his 40s. Um, but sh- should he have done better? You know what? I've watched it a couple of times. It's a really good corner, to be honest. Um, you know, I'm not saying that, that we want to, as Rangers supporters want to hear it. It is, it is a good corner. I'm not sure if McGregor Every every uh, corner that comes in our box, supporters are going to say, "Oh, McGregor should come because he doesn't come for anything." Um, but I think the centre half's got. We, uh, we didn't have a centre half last night, but John Lundstrom actually starts with uh, Porteous and then and then loses him, and then Tillman uh, Lundstrom actually lets it go over his head, and he, he's the the biggest one we've got there last night, and he does this a lot, Lundstrom, for how tall he, and physically he, he's terrible in the air, so he lets it go over Tillman's ball watching, Tavernier's ball watching, and you can't let someone you know Porteous good header of the ball like that. Six yards out, it was it was mistakes all over. But so to, to solely blame McGregor, not really for me on that one. Um, but you know, this is this is a, a you know I know injuries and that, but we haven't replaced um, you know Balogun's physicality in there at the back, and Ben Davis hasn't done that either. Um, so I'm really hoping, even when Conor Goldson's back, I'm not sure we will. Um, but I would love us to go and get centre off in January because. Every time the ball goes in our box, whether it's a corner or not, and, and actually the stat last night was that was the first um, corner headed corner we've conceded this season. I could not believe that. Um, you know, yeah. Again, that was a point I, I was going to come on to. Tillman is good attacking the ball if he's scoring a goal. It's the other end where he needs to work on. Again, he's young. Um, but just a point on there on on, on the coaching the coaching team and. Um, I, I, one of my good friends is a QPR fan and, and Colin, when he was in Mexico, when we appointed Bill, I wanted to get him on to talk a little bit about the start of Bill, but he, he didn't fancy it. But one thing he did say to me was they, the, the defending set pieces is a real worry under Bill. That's, that's what they said to so Harry Watlin, who, who does it. He said, going forward, we, we look dangerous every corner, but defending corners is a concern. And, and that, you know, straight, I know they've only just been in the door, but straight away last night, you're like, Six minutes in, you're like, here we go again. And that's something that, that, that needs to get sorted very quickly. The biggest point I'm taking for that, Mason, is uh, I went on holiday and you've tried to get someone in to replace me. So thanks for that, mate. Mm-hmm. Good to know Good to know who your mates are. Um, but no, I think I made this point last week that it'll be interesting to see how Michael Beale sets up his stall because I think a lot of people are expecting it to be a carbon copy of Gerald's game plan. And obviously Beale was heavily influential in that but Bill's now his own man he's hit for it so I do think that's maybe something that there will be a more onus on attacking and we maybe won't be as regimented at the back um, Davey I'll come to you just the last um, last point on the on the opening goal David Thompson mentioned it about the lead up to it so it's a shot for outside the box that McGregor parries over parries over the, the crossbar. That was evident of what was to come because the, we didn't shut him down. We didn't know who, if it was Tavernier or Lundstrom to go and we just looked out of shape. When the corner came in, 
Ryan Portis is a free man. Lonesome's lost the, his man. But what was concerning about, can really concerning for me was another two or three players lost a man. Um, and it, it could have been empty head in that. And I think it was apparent there was just nobody in that defence was stepping up to, to talk everybody through, take accountability and, and marshal where everybody should be standing. Well, this is what I would expect to have to show some leadership and, and make sure that everyone understands what their responsibilities are when the when the ball gets crossed into the box. Someone's got to go challenge the ball. Someone's got to target, you know, winning the ball. You know, you know where it's going to arrive. So it's going to arrive somewhere between the penalty spot, six yard line. And no Rangers player at all managed to put a challenge in, which uh, I think is, it just seemed slightly chaotic. In our defence at the start of the game, there was uh, that you could be forgiven for thinking that they had agreed ten minutes before kickoff that this was the format for the defence. It was like they had, they hadn't spoken about it, and they were kind of making it up as they go. For Ryan Porches to get the amount of room and and the, the penalty box from a corner that he did get is actually pretty good because the. To, to pick someone out, you know, when there's no one within touching distance, no Rangers player within touching distance of him, as he leaps up and, and bangs it into the net, is uh, is amazing. So there was no responsibility. John Lundstrom, it was it was quite obvious from the from the get go that he's not a centre half, and we were uh, we were just going to try and get by here. So hoping that we do the damage at the other end, which eventually we did do. But when we uh, got to the second half, I think we'd, we we looked a way more organised. We just didn't look that at the first in the first half. It was Hibs were getting at us, which was a concern. Oh, so, just like you, the, sorry, just moving on. No, to no. The, Moving on to the equaliser that you mentioned there, and I'll stick with you for that, David P, because um, I think it'd be nice to um, bring a wee bit of positivity in before we start hammering the defence again for the, the second goal. Um, I think this is probably the, the start of it. Probably a wee prologue of what we've seen in uh, the second half. Um, I thought this was a really good really good build-up play. Um, it's, we were quick, but we won the rushed um, Ryan Kent and that in that pocket, in that 10 position, and he, he could have went either way. I'll be honest, see, um, when Fashion Sakala took the extra touch, I thought he'd fucked it. I thought he'd taken too long, but it was a fine finish in the end, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I mean, and, and where I am, I'm right behind Fashion as, as he leathers that. Managed to drive it through a couple of them, which I think kind of wrong-footed the keeper because the keeper wasn't too far away from it. But he just uh, he, he obviously, as as fashion does, fashion doesn't do subtlety. Every time he strikes the ball, it's it's like his life depends on it. You know, he hits it as hard as he possibly can. So which he did, and unfortunately we got the equaliser. But you know, within a minute we were we're back to square one. So, but uh, fashion, it, it, he managed to score, but it's no different from you know most of his other attempts. It's just. The ball arrives, leather it as hard as I can. Most of them will strike someone and uh, go somewhere else, but there's a, just a lack of subtlety, a lack of finesse about Fashion Sakala, which, you know, he's as keen as mustard. But we, we shouldn't mistake enthusiasm for ability. David Thompson, um, just before we go into the rest of the second half, I, I'm kind of going to go a wee bit arse for elbow and 
spend time in different players as we come across them. But Stagala is one that I did want to get um, everybody's thoughts on as well. Um, it's probably not a new conversation that we're going to have in the pod in terms of what does his future look like at Rangers and what capacity. He's, he's drawn a lot of the natural novels about him where he can come on and be explosive. Um, he just can't do it consistently. But I think that's probably fashion Sakala in a nutshell where he he didn't start the game very well. Um, he, he got something out of nothing and then he grew into the game. He's I don't know if it's a confidence player or sometimes I don't know if it's just blind luck. And you've muted yourself again. Really, he hasn't really been given a chance, has he? He's been... Uh... He's, he gets he gets about twenty minutes, and then they play him for a half, and then he gets taken off. So he hasn't really hasn't really been given a chance. And I mean, I know he does miss composure. That's that's a hundred percent. But I really think he's got something to offer the team. And it, sometimes he, he does things that nobody expects, including himself. And uh, that that's I, I, I definitely I disagree with David. I, I, I think there is a place in the team for for maybe not the team, but certainly the set up the squad for for Sakala. And I, I think he's always a player that you could bring on, and you can you'll get something out of him. But the way he played last night, I thought I thought he was really good, and I thought he certainly deserves to keep the jersey. Um, and if if you take him and to to the likes of uh, Matondo. Then I would have Sakala every day of the week. It's Matondo. I would think of getting out of the club first because I don't totally don't see what he brings to the club. Uh, I think there's I think there's youth players that we could bring in that would be better than Matondo. Um, so no, I, I really like Sakala. I really I really think he's. I think he was a bit lucky yesterday that the that the two Hibs players thankfully opened their legs for him. Reminded me of my, my old days with the women, but um, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, Sakala, no, yeah, it was it was a wee bit lucky with the goal, but uh, it was a it was a nice goal, and as you say, that touch, I thought as well, no, no, and then yes, that was it. I um, I <laughs> sorry that caught me off guard there, David, but that's a wee <laughs> insight to um, maybe why I moved to Holland in the first place. Um, <laughs> Mason, uh, fashion Sakala, we I don't want to be insulting to him, but he's we we do talk about if he's got time, to, if he's got to, he's maybe not got the, the same footballing brain as maybe like Morelos or Cholak, um, and it's probably more instinct. And a lot of the time, if he's got too too much to think about, he'll overthink it. I actually think. Um, playing through the middle and but not being regimented to the one position and being part of this front four who can float about when Fashion Sakala inevitably will just wander off then somebody can go and pick up that position and that's encouraged. I do think there's maybe a, a role for them there. Yeah, really good finish from Sakala to be honest. And uh yeah he's, he's a little he, again sometimes he you're right, Davy P he doesn't know what he's gonna do. Um, which obviously defenders have got no chance if he doesn't. Um, but in terms of, of, of do we keep Sakala or not, look, I'd rather him than Scott Wright and, and Rabbi Matondo for sure. But is he, I agree with AP in terms of, you know, where we want to get to and where we want to be, I, I don't think he is, he is good enough. The problem is we've got to bring him better. And, and that's for Michael Bill now in January in the summer to to make sure that we do bring him better. But but at the moment, he gets in there, you know, if, 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 um, if Cholak is out again Tuesday, 
he plays. Um, but in terms of him playing as, as one of the, this is what's going to be interesting now with a new system. You know, he's not going to be regimented to playing the wide left or wide right as he was under Gio. It, it does give a little bit more freedom. And he was dang, he looked dangerous a couple of times running in behind. And we know he's got so much pace. Um, but yeah, you know, just just on the, the you know, the, the, the system change as well. I don't think we win the game last night if, if, if Van Bronckhorst is still the manager. Um, in, in all honesty, I think that that's the, the positives, you know, we'll come on to, to the second half. But um that that is the positives that I take from 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 that last night. Aye, and I think um, the second half is probably more. They definitely there's more talking points that I do really want to get through. So probably just the the last point for each year on the on the first half. Um, is there any? I'll start with you, Mason, and we'll go 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 round. Um, anything else that we need to say differently on the second goal than we did the first? For me, it's the same topics. It's poor positioning. Um, just indecision, no leadership. The troubling thing was uh, we that it's not just the two goals that we've seen that we've seen that throughout the first half. Yeah, honestly, the first half, the, what caused us not being able to settle and play was was the back two. We didn't get the, the back four. We didn't get sorted. They were targeting the Vian with long balls, uh, and Nisbet's actually really good in the air, and he was winning every first ball. The problem was they won every second ball as well in that first half. Their midfield. I thought Portius actually, to be fair, in playing in midfield, he, 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 they won the midfield and Kamara and Jack couldn't get in the game. So we couldn't get passes into Morelos, Kent, Tillman in, in key areas. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, I was honestly, John, John Lundstrom's the, the big one for me. He's not centre-half, but he does, he, he done it last season as well, defensively just switches off. And again, I know there's a big deflection uh, for the, the the goal and it, and it comes off uh, Tillman. But Lundstrom's, again, miles, miles from him. And I think he can actually do a good, great finish from, from Nisbet, to be fair. But I just, just wanted to get across there and, and make a challenge. And it's all a little bit too too easy. I just couldn't believe it when, you know, we've just, just equalised, just got ourselves back in the game. You think, right, here we go. And then bang. And, and that just sums up Rangers this season, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, really, really disappointing. But again, I, I don't want to be too harsh. And someone we haven't really spoke about yet, James Sands. I don't know, Colin, if you're going to come on to him. But... Uh, He's definitely not centre half. I think that is clear, and I've said it, you know, all season. And and, and I'm thank, I'm so glad that Bill's come in and said James Sands is not centre half because we was getting very different um, vibes off of uh, uh, the previous manager. David Park in the first half, um, you kind of touched on this at, at the beginning of the the pod about maybe a lack of cohesion between um, the centre halves and the full backs as well. And I think. Just what Curry Munchup put in there um, about Tavenier. Why did he not try and trap that ball? He's tried to play the quick ball um, when Hibs kicked off. And I think we've seen that in the first half where Devine and Tavenier, they, they were taking the approach that we need to take the game to Hibs. And I think Sands Lonson probably wanted to try and do the basics and get settled first. And regardless what approach we took, because the team wasn't in unison, I think we've seen a lot of gaps uh, a lot of gaps for up, particularly in the in the defence. Oh, the, the both fullbacks were obviously on a mission to get as far up the pitch as they could. There was one instance in the second half when Adam Devine was actually further forward than, than our midfield. You know when when you know our central defenders have the ball, and you're thinking, you know, I mean, there's a time and a place to get up there, but that's how keen they were to do it. But which is to be commended for me. Because you know it's a sign that you know we're going to be positive. He's looking. He's going. He's moving forward, looking to take a pass from one of the central defenders. But that's how 
how much of a change it was, you know, from uh, Gio's time when when Adam was just waiting for the moment, you know, and, and he, particularly in the second half, I thought he had a smashing game. He had a lot of the ball and he was very uh, productive with the ball between him and Ryan Kane and uh, getting pinging a few passes down that left wing and his ability to, you know, to, to make the run for Ryan Kent, you know, even just to give Ryan some room, you know, because of the, the two defenders, one has to go with uh, Adam Devine and allowed uh, Ryan Kent to cut in a few times, you know, so uh, it was working well. But at, at the outset, as you said, you know, the there was that kind of misconnect, disconnect between the, the central defenders and, and our fullbacks in terms of when to push on. You know, there's there's a time to do it, and uh, so but it was pleasing to see the second half. You know that, that they are so willing to for as they were in the first half, but we left ourselves exposed a few times defensively, just by our fullbacks. You know, probably being on the halfway line. You know when and maybe they should be twenty yards further back until you know we and we all move forward together where they get the chance to go. So I dare say. Uh, Practice makes perfect. <clears throat> we'll get better at it, but it's not our, our normal central defender. So, I mean, we're, we're not going to be playing with James Sands and, and, and John Lundstrom, you know, on an ongoing basis. So that was pretty much, you know, mend and make do central defenders we were running with last night. So really, it's uh, it will be sorted on the training ground with uh, with proper centre-halves, I'm sure. Yeah. And last probably the last point on the on the first half in David Tomlinson. Um I think Mason mentioned James Sands there and I think we've all been probably mixed in our appraisal of James Sands, um, whether we like him or not, but I think he's been fair to be mixed because he has had a very up and down season at centre back. He's not a centre back, but I thought last week we we called out that he marshaled the defence very well, and he stepped up, and he was, he was, he, just, he was very vocal, and he spoke Leon King and Adam Devine through the game. I do think there's maybe something in that Sands and Lundstrom didn't quite just work out who was falling, who's lead, and it's just it led to a bit of a calamity. Well, I've got a few things to say in that. Um, first thing is, yeah, uh, Sands isn't a, a defender. He's he's a better midfielder. I'll, I'll I'll agree with that. The one thing with the goal yesterday, first of all, Sky were absolutely shocking that they were still showing repeats of the Rangers goal when when the ball was already in the net. Um, I was pretty angry at that. But Sands was actually going down the channel. The ball was at firstly heading down the channel, and it was just that Tillman got his foot in the road that changed the flight of the ball and set Sands off. That was uh that that you can't really blame Sands for that. If the the ball if Tillman hadn't touched the ball, Sands would have been a, 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 made a good decision and he would have picked up that ball easily. But Tillman got his toe to it and changed the flight of the ball. The thing with uh, Lundstrom, he was far too high. Lundstrom, he he had already started moving towards the centre line, and at that moment he shouldn't have been because the ball was going down the the left-hand side, the Hibs left-hand side or right-hand side and when you when you do that then you, the, you're expecting the other centre-half to fall in as a sort of a sweeper, but Lundstrom was far too high and that that, that just it just meant that when the, the flight of the ball changed Lundstrom was out of position and Sands was out of position 
and uh, the houseboyer could just run through and uh, and, and unfortunately, Lundstrom almost got to it. I think it actually came off Lundstrom's foot when it went into the net. I, I don't think it was, uh, what is it you call the house guy? I can't remember his name. Scotland. Um, Kevin Nisbet. But, uh, yeah, Nisbet. Um, I, I, I actually think it hit Sand's foot before it went into the net. So, but that that was it, was, it was just really a comedy of hard bad luck and and uh, positional error. That that's uh, that's the thing. But I don't think Sands has let us down as a centre half. I think he's played some really good games. I think he, he in the build up he plays a big part as well as a centre half. And I definitely think with a with a good centre half, I think he can play a position if if we're needing a, a, a reserve centre half. Can I just go back to something? We, I don't know whether it was written or we, we, we talked about, but we talked about bringing players back from injury. In the olden days, they used to play two or three games in the reserve team before they came back uh, actually into the first team. But that's, that seems to, when, when they've done away with the reserve team, that cut out that. The possibility that you could bring players in in the reserve team and play them for a few games. So, yeah. It's just, uh... I've told you about this before. You want you want to go back to the eighties. You want four four two, big guy, wee guy up front, uh, <laughs> two steps a season in a reserve team. You just no, want to go no, back to nineteen eighty two, then you? No, but I, I, I think I, I don't. And maybe it is possible. I don't know. But I think uh, you've, you've. I think with the the B team, that so many, uh, maybe two or three from the first team can play in a B team game and that would you let you bring in reserve players again. And it's, it's just, I mean, now you're just bringing them into the, the, the full team, the full first team when, when there's, they're still potentially injured. And that, that's just a way I think is, is wrong. I think there should be another option that you can give them game time without actually being in the first team. Aye, because you, you do see a lot of, a, a lot of teams try to arrange bounce games here and there as well, but it's, um, I, I, there's this whole match fitness players become fit and free of injury, but then it's six, four, five, six weeks to get match sharp as well. There has to be a better way. I, I think it's a good point, Davy. Um, the games start but, faster now, Colin. That, that's mm-hmm. a, that, that's the thing as well. I mean, you're, you're, I, I mean, in the seventies, eighties, it used to be virtually walking football, didn't it? I mean, I can't remember who it was that said it, but they said a player from the old days. He says, "We we used to." Kick the ball eighty yards and pass the ball ten yards. But the the players nowadays they run eighty yards and pass the ball ten yards. So I mean, it's, it's just completely Aye. different game from it was it's back then. It's much more athletic. You're right. Um, well, just the last point, James Sands. Just because Curry's asked it, um, does he get a a game if we have a fully fit squad? I'll, I'll take that one, gents. Um, I I think there is. Um, there is a place for James Sands there. Um, I, I really like him. I think we've seen a glimpse of what he can do in midfield. I'm not going to turn around and say he's better than our midfielders if they're all fully fit and fully, fully up to speed. So the three midfields here was one some Jack and Tillman or uh, Lawrence as well. I, I, I'm not saying he's a regular starter and he's obviously not a regular starter at centre half, but there's definitely, there's definitely game time there and James Sands is easily a 30, 30 game a season player and he adds value. No, everybody has to play every week and play 9 out of 10 every week to add value. Um, but I think James Sands is definitely he's definitely one that gets game time for me. Um, so, moving on to the second half then. Um, 
Mason, I think those two big surprises. Um, the the first surprise is that we didn't change anything um, on, at halftime. And I know there's been some comments about Alex Lowry already. I'm not saying bring on Lowry because once we start putting all our eggs in an 18-year-old to come and change a game every week, it's, it's not going to work out. We've got to put too much pressure on them. But I thought we would have seen some slight tactical changes because uh, it didn't seem to work. My second surprise was how how calm and collected and focused the the team looked. And I did think, we we seen time and time again under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst that we needed a goal, so we'd come out and it's maybe a, a kick and rush for the first 10 minutes and then revert to type. This was completely different. Yeah, it just looked like a completely different team, second half, Colin. And uh, yeah, I, I thought... Again, I, I was I was screaming for Lundstrom to go off and uh, Davis to come in. To be honest, because I just thought that that Hibs were going to carry on. To be honest, I, I said this to my dad this morning. The game was played a hundred miles an hour for a neutral, not not for us. For a neutral, it would have been a great watch because it was that first half was just literally end to end. But I said we I said we we, we need to get get the ball and, and get Jack and Kamara in the game. That that was a big one. And I've seen some comments about Kamara and Jack, and I thought second half they were brilliant. To be honest, both of them. I thought, to be honest, it makes you think when Ryan Jack's fully fit, and the problem is getting him fully fit. He's our best midfielder for me. I think. I think he drove the team on yesterday. There's, there's certain presses. Ryan Jack's really good. If you, if you watch the game, the second half again yesterday, we 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 pressed the life out of him. Second half, they couldn't get out, and and every time they tried to clear, we were straight back back at them. And and what we've done is we protected our centre halves by the press. Because Hibs, Hibs had no ball to, out ball to get out because the midfield was playing so high. And if you watch it, Ryan Jack sets off the presses so well. That the problem is, we, as we all know, is getting him fit every week. And then you see Glenn Kamara. And, and Glenn Kamara is a confidence player. Once he does something, he's he done a little bit of skill. And then Glenn Kamara wants to start playing. And, 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 and you know, when you're watching them two last night, I think if we can keep them fit, we, we will go and win, win games. Um, but yeah, it was, it was night and day, Colin. It was exactly what I expected um, first half. Um, but we see it in the second half and, and Tillman come alive as well and uh, we haven't I'll wait for you to, to come on to Tillman uh, Colin because I know you're going to mention him but I'll, I'll just finish off saying about James Sands I'll put a question out to, to you on Sands are we going to spend three or four million on a squad player though because as I've said if, if Lundstrom's fit Jack's fit Kamara's fit he doesn't get in ahead of them and I think three or th- over three million quoted is a hell of a lot of money to spend on a player for us that isn't going to be in the site week in week out Oh, this is this is um, uncharted territory. Usually, the host gets away without answering any questions. Um, I'll be honest, Mason. I I would pay that money for him. Um, I think he's absolutely he'd be a squad player this season. But you're also paying for that potential and uh, potential and versatility, and it just adds so much value. So yes, he's a squad player in several different positions. Because bear in mind, he's played fullback in the past as well. Um, and we never know when we're going to need cover. Um, so that's that's at least three or four positions there. I think he's only going to get better. I think he's a, he's a very good professional in terms of how he applies himself, very mature for his age. So £3 million. And do we at least get £3 million back if James Sands... He's already improved since he joined the Rangers. If he improves at the rate that he... If he continues to improve at that rate, we're going to get at least that money back and get and get value on the pitch as well. So for me, it's a yes. Colin, can I come in there? Can I, of course. Can I say something? Um, 
I think when you when you ask that question, then you've got to go a question further and say, do we give Ryan Jack a new contract, given that he's injured every second week? We, we agree that Sands is a, a midfield player. We, we agree that he probably be a, possibly one of our best midfield players if, if, if he's actually played in the midfield. Um, do we renew Ryan Jack's contract because he's always injured? I agree with, totally agree that he's probably our best midfielder when he's when he's fit. But I think it's a really big risk to give him a new contract when uh, when 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 he's injured. We're, we're, we're suffering so much with in, in, injured players that, uh, that it's really giving them a new contract uh, is, is is really really dangerous. And but just as a, by the way. Um, mm. Somebody mentioned Suter there. I think Bill said that Suter was actually on his way back. That he, he was he was nearing, you know, uh, and starting training. So, so just on that question, then, uh, David, I'll David Parker bring you in for for me. I think it's a bit of a politician's answer, but it's a it's a yes and a no. Well, it's not just Ryan Jack in isolation. We've got too many Ryan Jacks. We've got Ruth Hollander, um, Suter. And Ryan Jack, and I think it's about the the realistic contribution that they can have to the team. If you had, if you had twenty twenty one players who all are relatively fit and no niggling injuries, barring disaster, and one Ryan Jack, then we can carry that. But when you're trying to carry four or five Ryan Jacks in the same position, um, that's when it becomes difficult. I think it's it's a question of risk. There's a risk in keeping Ryan Jack and there's a risk in getting rid of him, you know, and bringing in someone to replace him. So it would be in terms of the Beal's priorities. You know, does he prioritise, you know, a right winger, maybe a a left back, you know, a a goalkeeper? You know, so it's really where he sees the areas of of, that we would get the best return for the, the budget that we're going to get. And it's not going to be a huge budget. So if it was if three million pounds for Sands was going to be, you know, a fair proportion of that budget, you pretty much know what you're getting. But you're getting a utility player, whereas I would be looking to get a bit more in terms of quality. You know, if we're going to be forking out millions of pounds, and and that comes with its own risk as well. So and so it's it's the the team that and the the coaching staff would really have to sit down and 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 look at the. What areas of the squad do we need to strengthen? What can we live with? Can we live with Ryan Jack? Will we get another season out of him? What's the in the medical assessment? So it would be sitting down with all that information and then you, you make the plays in terms of what positions we would prioritise with the budget that we're, that we're going to get, hopefully that he's going to get in, in the next few weeks. You know, be one or two players... Uh, how do we spend that money? And, they, and that's really the, the job for these guys, isn't it? Is to uh, trying to get the maximum value from the current squad while adding to it and then having to be ruthless enough to make, you know, the decisions where, and, and Sakala's one of them for me, where this he just doesn't have the quality that we require in an ongoing basis. You know, he will, he will have his moments, you know, but he's kind of the mixture of Ted McMinn and, and that's shown over, you know. Did you see his wee moment on the touchline when they, they passed the ball to him, and, and and the ball he just miscontrols it and he just rolls out a play, you know, when he's under no pressure whatsoever. And that's the fashion that you get, you know. So he'll bang one in in the first half, and then he'll miscontrol it on the touchline. So for me, 
No, but that, that's Michael Beale's job, isn't it, with the coaching staff? Trying to identify where we're going to get the biggest bang for our buck in terms of what money we do have. And certainly uh, Ryan Jack will be in that equation. Do we? Will we get another year out of him at the at this level that we know he can play at? You know, which has been the frustration with Jack. You know, there's the number of games that he has played when you know when that game when we played them in 2019 when it when he scored the goal and and we had them that day. I mean, it should have been much more than one nil, but that was the day when uh, Gerard turned it round for us in terms of we knew we could get to them, and Ryan Jack was. Just to score the winner was the icing on the cake for us that day because he was particularly good, you know. And, but so you know what he can bring, and I thought uh, Kamara was good as as well. The number of times that in the second half, and there was actually a sustained period of it where we would we would attack them, they would win the ball, clear it, we would press, win the ball back, and we were recycling the ball within within the Hibs half. We just kept winning the ball back in midfield and returning it, winning the. And Ryan Jack and Glenn Kamara were having a field day, just pressing them, taking the ball off them, and then spreading it wide. They would come, we would go up at them and then come back. It was uh, that was the most encouraging thing about the, the whole night for me was that our ability to uh, we, we we stopped them, you know, from about you know the edge of the the, the centre circle. We're just winning the ball back and push, pressing them again, winning the ball, pressing them again. It was, uh, uh, I know it's early doors, but certainly very encouraging signs there. And that that was the big difference in the second half, David, that we decided that we were going to play our game and we, yeah. we were going to trust in the process almost and trust in the, trust in the game plan. Um, probably a few other um players that we do want to call it when we were talking about adding value. Um, Mason, I'll come to you because you, you touched on him earlier about Malik Tillman, so also he's um, the the comparisons to Joe Aribo um, aren't they really going to go away um, if he keeps on doing Joe Aribo things um, and he's handing both the goals, so the, that infamous um, Joe Aribo front post header, um, he's He's very good at it. We, we spoke about it earlier. He's good in the air offensively and then he's close control for the for for Alfredo Morelos' goal. Um he's he's so frustrating because he'll drift in and out of games, but he's kind of got a bit of the Yanis Hadges about him where he is a moments player and we're gonna to have to accept that risk. Yeah, that's just a, a typical number ten for you. Um he's definitely playing a little bit higher. Uh, than 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 he was previously under under Joe, but uh, <clears throat> the the yeah the, the, he's really good in the air offensively. It's a great little flick um, for the goal. But I was so impressed with his run. If you watch the run, it's great ball from Tab. To be fair, the run, but the the, the the awareness. I think most of the players on the pitch last night would have tried to get a stab it, tried to get a shot away. But he had that awareness just to know where it actually don't even look if you watch it back. Know where Morelos is and just just put it in a plate. It was brilliant. Um, and I, I've done a three sixty on on uh, Manic Tillman to be fair because uh, at first I was I was one that you know five million. We, again, we don't know how much it is, but five million is one that this game banded about. I was like, oh, I'm not sure. But the more I watch him, and and, and he does have the touch of Jari by batting, but he's, he's even younger than Jari and I think that he has that physicality at such a young age um, as well. You watch him last night to get him off the ball. Um, it took two or three of them. I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Bill plays plays him and where he fits him in because 
he could be a real key player for us in, in, in the second half of the season. But he's just got... We, we are going to get frustrated with him as well. And, and I'm saying that I'm the one that gets most frustrated with him. But because of his age. And, and this is his first year of, of real, you know, men's football, if you like. And uh, it's, it's one of the hardest places to come in and play at Ibrox. Um, you know, if that's your first season to, to learn, because I say we, we are so demanding and, uh, you know, just, just, and that, that's again, just, just coming on to that why I, I was really impressed with uh, Adam Devine last night as well, second half. I thought he was brilliant. Um, and uh, I just can't believe that uh, Tab's been playing with one leg for months and months and we've had a boy like that sitting, sitting on the bench. He should have been in so much earlier. So, uh, no, I thought he was brilliant second half, especially being so right footed. Um, and, and having to play left back that, that must be difficult but um, I thought you know he, he was brilliant last night as well I do want to come to Matt, uh, Adam Devine on his own uh, before we, we finish up but David Thomason what just taking away Malik Tillman maybe bringing in a couple of other players um, what I really look forward to is the fluidity of the front four or the front three whatever we set up with and how that frees up both Malik Tillman and Ryan Ken, I think if we go back to early pods um, from the start of the season, I spoke about how you started to see a relationship between Lawrence, Ken and Tillman and just all, they all have that footballing brain and when one goes left, the other one will come in the middle and it's just, even if nothing, if one of them aren't directly contributing, they drag the defenders away and we've seen Ryan Porteous had a really good first um first half because he was able to sit on Kent but once our attackers got moving he didn't know where to stay or go so Kent and Tillman what did you make of that kind of partnership alongside Morelos last night? Well just like, just like you the, the, the fluidity of it I thought, thought was excellent that Kent wasn't stuck out in the left wing that everybody was the under Geo everybody was given a position you, you play there you play there and it was just so yeah, you knew, everybody knew what we were going to do. The lights against Livingston said, uh, yeah, we know they're going to go down the wing, so we, we, we put the big guys in the middle and they'll just head on the ball away all day. Well, that was, most of the, the, the goals yesterday came through the middle, which is is, is a, a great sight to see. Uh, so, just, so I love that. Um, I mean, even Sakala, he popped up everywhere. But see, the, the biggest cogwheel in the whole thing was Morelos. Morelos just he takes the ball in, he, he, he passes it, he makes runs that, that takes people away from, from other people. And yeah, it's, it's hard to, I know, I know it's, it's hard to, I said a few weeks ago, I, I want it's time to get rid of him. But see many plays like that, and you're expecting more now. I mean, you, you can, you're expecting them only to get better. Then, uh, then we really hope uh, that. that and it's great to see, see that times yesterday there were four or five men in the box. How often did we see that with Gio? It was always, or just Cholak alone, or uh, or maybe a, a, the second one runs into the box. But uh, yesterday there were at times four or five in the box. I mean, you even seen Jack's goal, Jack on the goal line. That looked like something that was arranged and not something that was that just sort of happened. So, no, I definitely think, uh, think that uh, we're... we're Definitely positives from 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 the Geo team. With far far more intensity, far quicker playing the ball, and uh, no, absolutely, yeah. After watching it, I'm just uh, just absolutely jumping for the next game. To be honest, and it'll be a, it'll be a really hard game as well. So we'll be up there. 
So probably the last player that, as I mentioned, will come me. I'll start with you, David Pollock. Um, young Adam Devine. Um, I think he gave a really good account of himself last Saturday. He's 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 been one of the standouts for uh, the B team uh, in the last couple of years as well. Um, I was concerned, not in his ability, but probably just um, his his maturity playing at this level when well. We were playing him alongside a makeshift centre-half pairing, but although we spoke about maybe just a bit of that, that savvy and naughty bone forward too much in the first half, from the second 45 minutes, I, I, he didn't put a, a foot wrong and actually he added so much value in the, the attack. <clears throat> that boy did not look out of place. He was, uh, I mean, he's playing out of position. So because I've the first time I saw him, where he played right back, and he's technically very good. He is a technical. I mean, can I? I would almost say maybe not Malik Tillman level of technical ability. He's got a lovely touch. He's he's got plenty of pace. The this the second time I saw him, can I wasn't as uh, quite as as good as the first time, but seeing him last night, this boy's got a big big future. I think because. Uh, he was without in the second half particularly. He was bombing down there, and the running he put into it, and and when he's collecting the ball, the wee interchanges that he had, you know, between uh, him and himself and Kent, and with the midfielders, knowing when to go forward, knowing when to slide it through, knowing when to make the run, the boy just looked. He looked like he was uh, older than than he actually is, a teenager. For goodness sake, this. Uh, but uh, it will really look good. So I would like to see him at right back. But, you know, I think it's part of their development anyway, is that they'll get a wee shot. No, he was he was very good. Very good. He And he was also playing his part in the wee... Uh, in the second half, you would have to say that Hibs, you know, put so much effort into the first half. I think there was a wee touch of them just kind of running out of steam in the second half. But Rangers, which also just kind of stresses the importance of our fitness to, to maintain it, but in the second half, we were t- the Ryan Kent and uh, Glenn Kamara pinging it off. Nick- the number of times Glenn Kamara would nick it off their toes, so Ryan Jack presses them, forces the error, and then and then Kamara would just nick it off their toe, and then the balls played wide to Adam Devine or or James Tavernier, and off we go again. We were recycling it, so we had we had actually seventy two percent percent possession in the whole game apparently. But if that includes the first half, you wonder what possession we had in the second half because it must have been staggering because I was like thinking hips have collapsed here. They just they just either they didn't have the the energy anymore because they, they, they put so much into the first half. But by that time, you know, our tails were up. We knew we had them and we were swarming all over them. The, the number of times the box, we had 22 shots, nine on target, and the bulk of that against the second half, which just goes to show how much we were dominating that game and how much we were pressing them and, and driving forward into their box. It was, uh, you know, the period between kind of about like 58 minutes, we scored 62 minutes. And probably about the 15 minute period after that was, was we played some lovely football. You know, that, and that's the first time in a wee while that I've been conscious that I'm, I'm, I'm applauding the players on the pitch repeatedly for the level of football that we're playing. 
you know, normally you would you would get it one again, but we were doing it time and swarming all over them. And that's when I was in my, my happy place last night. Aye, and I, I like how there was two different types of swarming all over them. Like obviously, when we went in the front foot um, to get the two goals back, we then changed it up and brought Stephen Davis on for Fashion Sakala, and I thought that was a great change because we've seen a change like that before over the last year where somebody sits in front of the defenders and we just go back and back and back and we invite pressure on whereas Stephen Davis was told to come on and just control the tempo and the ball and keep the game um, in, the, in the hips half and it's um, I, it just showed at, at no point that I think we were, we were going to lose a, a, a third goal um, that just, we change, Colin. Sorry, just on the end. See the last, you know, when you when you, yeah, I'm always conscious of the clock. Here. We're only one goal ahead, so we're on the 83 minutes. You know, and you're thinking, this is the normal time. Geo's team would start to panic. You know, it all becomes a wee bit, you know, helter skelter. And the change we uh, Steve Davis just kind of took took all that away from us, and we just saw the game out. And it was uh, it was it was good that you know we are we were a wee bit proactive. Michael Beale was proactive, identifying what's going to happen here because they had a couple of wee occasions. Steve Davis ended up getting booked for clocking one of them. But uh, that's what he was sent out to do, <laughs> surely. But it was uh, it was just good that we uh, managed to con- kind of control the, the the end of the game as much as we had controlled, you know, the previous part. So that was that was also pleasing. Uh, just back to the Adam Devine uh, point, I want to get both your points on it, gents. Um, Mason, I'll start with you. You did touch on them earlier. Um, a couple of comments in for the listeners around, um, yes, he did play the safe ball sometimes, um, and we don't know how good a defender he is, but on the safe ball point, I actually liked that he wasn't gung-ho all the time because we don't need... We, we don't need just attack for attack. We need to attack at the right times and be part of that fluidity that we're talking about. Um, I thought it was a really composed performance in the second half. Yeah, I, I know, again, I see the comment about him playing the easy pass a little bit, but you got to remember he's playing uh, left-back um, for the first team. You know, when he, that was his second start in the league, so uh, I can't really blame him. Some, I think first half he did do it a lot more. He did play the, the safe part, uh, pass quite a lot, but I thought we was all playing a little bit too safe. But again, like that, the team in the second half grew in confidence, and and, and he, he certainly did as well. What I liked about him just before he went off, he done a, he, he pressed high and won the ball back, and he and he just didn't stop. He was down that left hand side the whole time, and completely different to what we've seen from from Barisic because Barisic wouldn't give that not now anyway. Maybe when he first joined, he was he, he full of energy, but he's more. You know, gets half a yard and tries to put a ball in. So, uh, no, I was really pleased for Devine. You know, I, I like it when youngsters come in and and perform like that because it, it goes to show if, if they are given a chance that that, that they can take it. And, and he done really well last night. And Devine, my man of the match. Before you ask. Oh, spoilers! So, David Thomason, last word before we start saying our goodbyes on Adam Devine. Um, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we can now take away any doubt that we have. A fullback cover should James Tavernier need the rest. Take yourself off, mate. Yeah, well, yeah, I did. <laughs> well, um, I actually, I actually thought a few weeks ago he wasn't ready. I actually said in the podcast, I don't think he's ready. But watching him last night, uh, no, he obviously proved me wrong. He was, he, he certainly looked very good. Second half, I think 
Kent played a big role in it as well, um, giving them giving them uh, ammunition to, to go up the wing. And when the first half, he didn't really get that. Um, but I, I want to say as well, I said he actually owes us something, my generation something, because uh, his grandfather Sidney Devine he murdered ours ears for for years and years and years. So. <laughs> All, all the old grannies used to love his grandfather, so uh, and he murdered their ears. But um, no, I, I think I think he'll. I mean, you've got to remember these Tillman Sands, all these guys. They're only they're only what is it, twenty one, twenty two year old. They're, they're going to get better. They're, they're not even at the top of their game. And uh, no, they, they, I, I definitely think. And I'm I'm looking forward to. I mean, I, I actually disagree with the Davis. Uh, substitute. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have brought Davis on. I would have brought in a, a more attacking player and kept the pressure nibs. But that's just the that's just the way I would have. I would prefer to play uh, play football. I, I I think bringing on Davis was we kept the pressure on. I thought we controlled the game once Davis came on. Yeah, but you 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 took away you took away an attacking player which to put him on. Which, which, which at the end of the last ten minutes, Hibs get right back in the game, and yeah, yeah, actually the last five ten minutes, you started worrying again. That I hope they don't score in the last minute. Uh, but uh, I, I, I wouldn't have. I would, I would kept. I would have kept on an attacking player. But um, that's just the way I'd, I would have thought about it. So, but, uh, no. Uh, as I say, all these guys are young. They're they're, they're going to come on, especially Tillman. Tillman's going to end up a great player, and. It, what are we talking about? We're talking about five million. If we get him for five million, as long as we don't do let him run down his contract like we've let every other player run down their contract, then uh, then then he'll, he'll, we'll get the money back and I'm no problem doubled uh, easily. And I hope you, Colin. I hope you don't. You're going to not going to let us go without talking about Bill's press conferences because they've been absolutely brilliant. Well. Always leaving them wanting more, Davey, because we're a wee bit over the hour. And, of course, we are back on Sunday at Half 8 Live. So, it's a wee teaser for what you can get on Sunday, folks. Um, I think that's as good a time as any to wrap up. So, because we will be previewing the Aberdeen game on Sunday night. Um, and absolutely talk about Michael Beale's first couple of weeks in the limelight and his press conferences because they have been refreshing. We'll give you our prediction then. So this evening, I'm going to ask my fellow podders to give their goodbye, as always, and a Rangers man of the match from last night. First of all, thank you so much for joining us, Davey Pollock. Smashing Colin. Yeah, it was a, a good night last night. As I said, it was bitterly cold, but uh, I would put up with that any day to see our second half performance. You know, I, I would uh, strip to the waist if, if required. But my man of the match is going to be, rather amazingly, Glenn Kamara. I thought, it particularly just for the second half alone, the number of times he won the ball, played it, and we just, uh, went, he was, you know, instrumental in the, in the swarming all over them. The, the Winning the ball, laying it on, winning the ball, laying it on, fantastic. Cut, cutting out passes. No, I thought Glenn Kamara was, uh, I'd, I'd written him off, to be honest, but he was... I thought and, and there was a period in the second half, uh, 20 minutes, he was fantastic. And I was like, gosh, there is Glenn Kamara. How much is that Glenn Kamara worth? We would not have predicted we would be saying that three months ago, but yeah, no. you never know. <clears throat> look, look at the, the complete rollercoaster John Lonson went on last year, eh? Uh, it just goes to yeah. show. Um, 
Mason, thanks for joining as always, mate. Um, say goodbye to the listeners and give a man of the match. Yeah, thanks for having us again, boys and listeners. I know Curry's out there. What a man he is. I know every comment you just uh, what's he said about me? No, no, love, love Curry. Um, man of the match, I'm oh, sorry, Colin, I already give mine away. Adam Devine, I thought, through uh, through the 90 minutes. Um, but just, yeah, I've got to give him a mention. Young boy playing left back, I thought he was brilliant, but very, very closely followed by Ryan Jack. Because I thought Ryan Jack drove the team on in that second half last night. And I'm, I'm, I'm praying and hoping he's fit for, for Aberdeen on Tuesday. I uh, know that's that's a that's a problem with Jack. He has a performance I guess and we don't see him until February. But uh, hopefully this is um uh, a wee bit of change in the tide. Last by no means least, thanks for coming on, David Tomlinson. Well, uh thanks everybody. It's great, it's great all reading all these comments. I I don't normally keep glasses on so long though, so uh I'll just keep them on for the comments. But uh, no, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, thanks for having me here on here. Uh, great to have the Rangers back. Great to the, the World Cup was quite fascinating at stages, but there's nothing like the watching the, the Rangers. And no, uh, man of the match. I, I, I think there's there was just a lot of cogs that sort of got into place yesterday. But you can talk about man of the match, but Morelos joined the team together. Ken. Had you actually probably his best game certainly this season, and and just been been free, uh, all the all the called Kamara in the midfield, Jack in the midfield. I thought had a great game as well. So I, I don't think it's a bit unfair to have a, ma- a man of the match because I think should also get a man of the match for his half time talk, telling them to get up the field to settle down and move up the move up the, the park. I think there was a lot to 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 uh, for everybody, and I really think it's a shame. So I'm going to pick the whole team plus the manager as man of the match. That's a fucking get out clause if I've ever heard one. By the way, no, yeah. that's covering the basis. Well, uh, one yeah. other thing could I quickly mention: the Union Bears yesterday last night, the pre-match yes. display, the halftime, absolutely superb. What an effort that was! What a, what they boys put in. I, I tip my hat to them. That's it. That's all I can say. What would iBooks be like without those boys? They were absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, the display the, at pre-match was amazing. Well, I'm going to do a David Thomason and say the Union Bears are my man in the match. No, I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> I do agree. There's a few candidates and they all add a different value. Um, good to see the thing getting recognised. Um, I thought Jack was really good as well. Um Last night when I left, my gut feeling was the same as um, Curry in the comments there, that Mally Tillman was a man of match. Uh, he's two goal contributions and just out with that, he was an absolute nuisance off the ball. He constantly moved. He always looked so so threatening as well. And But in hindsight, I actually think Ryan Jack is... Uh, um, Aye, Ryan, Ryan Jack's man in the match for me. Um, so before any more um, wider comments come in <laughs> through the chat, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you all for listening. Um, we'll see you all Sunday. Take care. <laughs>
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.